Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Live from the 6th and Peabody studio and across the Outkick network, this is Outkick 360 with Jonathan Hutton, Chad Withrow, and Paul Kuharski. Out of the gates, ready to go. Outkick 360 is back, underway with day two of live coverage of the NCAA tournament with Chad Withrow. I'm Jonathan Hutton. PK back with us on Monday. We are live inside 6th and Peabody with Yeehaw Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine. Not outside today. Elements did not allow us to do that with some of the weather rolling through Middle Tennessee. But um, great day for college hoops. Well underway already with uh, several games this morning in progress and going final. We're about to give you a full scoreboard on that. Kentucky Falls, 98% of the brackets across the entire country had Kentucky advancing. And St. Peter's pulls the upset last night. I don't know uh, about, I'm sure it was the same way if you're watching at home. This place went nuts in overtime when St. Peter's pulled the upset at, at the Outkick watch party. Chad, we are back for a Friday edition. Hutton, we are indeed back. So 98% of brackets were busted with Kentucky's loss. 100% of non-Kentucky fans were elated with the Wildcats going home early and their contingent of the Blue Mist having to depart Indianapolis in shame after losing to St. Peter's. The sporting world is very excited about Kentucky's loss and St. Peter's win. And we had our first huge Cinderella story of March. We get them every year. It's always going to strike somewhere. Happened to be Kentucky this year. And what a story was Shaheen Holloway and the head coach at St. Peter's, a team that I was even joking about not knowing they were a school (laughs) when I saw them announced on Selection Sunday. And a lot of people had the same uh, reaction. I'm pretty good about knowing where colleges are located. I had to look up St. Peter's. They're in Jersey City. A lot of you know that now because they went and beat Kentucky last night as the 10th ever 15 over 2 in the NCAA tournament. Uh, What a night. What an atmosphere here at 6th and Peabody watching that game with a throng of people outside on the patio. Perfect night. Perfect weather. Uh, not a perfect night for the young lady in a John Wall Kentucky jersey no. that was seated to she our left. She was miserable. I was, I was looking at Hutton. The whole place was going nuts with every uh, Doug Eddard three for St. <laughs> Peter's. And Old every Doug. time I would look to my left and I'm thinking, man, we are just trampling on this woman's grave because her facial expression <laughs> after every shot made by St. Peter's was pure misery. It was. It was. It was quite the. And I'm sure everyone's got. It was unbelievable. Everyone's got I mean, their own story about how they watched that game, where they watched it, who they were with. But uh, what a terrific game! I mean, uh, Shibway had what 30 points, dominating on the boards. I mean, it's not like you got Kentucky's worst, and that's why St. Peter's pulled the upset. St. Peter's shot 85 percent from the free throw line, 53 percent from three, 51 percent from the field. They made all the plays. They were down, what, eight points late, down six with under three to play, tie the game. Calipari was mentioning that post game, And he's like, look, we're up eight with three minutes to play. We should win that game. Credit to St. Peter's, but it, it sucks that we lost that game because we're up eight with three to play. This team wins when we have that lead. And there was a point in that second half, late second half, 
Chad, you looked at me, you go, this is where Kentucky pulls away. And it was around that eight-point advantage with, what, four minutes. Yeah. And for uh, St. Peter's just kept answering. They kept and, and got down, what, four points in, in overtime, 75-71, and within the first minute, answered the bell again. And now they advance to take on Murray State, another overtime finish. Trey Wallace is in Indianapolis covering Tennessee. Uh, he'll have full coverage at OutKick for Tennessee and Michigan tomorrow. But the night games that he was able to sit courtside for with the two overtimes, epic. With Murray State, San Francisco following that big upset of St. Peter's over Kentucky. Well, it now reports Todd Golden, San Francisco's head coach, is headed to Florida. Uh, so a little bit of an SEC flavor to that game uh, with, the, with San Francisco losing to Murray State. When Kentucky pushed it out, it was, it was really Oscar Shibway and Severe Wheeler that they were willing their way into the lead, right? Those are the two guys that really had sort of a refuse-to-lose type mentality late in that game. Now, we were watching. I told you, I said, look who gets every offensive rebound. He's always around the ball. Oscar Shibway, final shot from Ty Ty Washington, and it's Oscar Shibway getting the offensive rebound, but the horn had already sounded yep. uh, with a chance to win it. So, um, yeah, I mean, just a crazy finish. And every time you thought, okay, Kentucky's going to hit the big shot now, they're going to get the stop they need. It was someone for St. Peter's doing something borderline miraculous. That Doug Eddert floater, teardrop, that hit every part of the rim and almost hung in suspension on the back of the rim and dropped in. And he shoots it and does this like pirouette after he shoots it in midair. Yeah, and it drops. Olympics. It was, yeah, it looked like Blaze of Glory. Um, it, looked it, like, it looked like Chaz Michael Michaels, uh, the triple axle. Uh, it was uh, just a crazy game and, and one that I think everyone who watched it is always going to remember. Certainly Kentucky fans uh, will remember it. And I tweeted this earlier, but, you know, condolences to Kentucky fans, but I'll also say at least this saves you the embarrassment of losing to in-state Murray State in the second round. So you don't have to worry about all that nervousness around that game and anxiety because you lost in the first round well, of St. Peter's. And think about it from Murray State's perspective now where – you know, they're the 7-10 matchup that goes to overtime. They win, but they already know they're going to be taking on St. Peter's and not Kentucky. And compared to the last two versus 15 that we, we witnessed uh, together, Chad, it was Middle Tennessee over Michigan State back in 2016. And they had to move on and play Syracuse. Syracuse was a 10 seed. But Syracuse was Syracuse, right? They recruit to Bayhan. Murray State's got St. Peter's. They're a nine-point favorite to go to the Sweet 16. It's, we knew we were going to have this. Look, in my bracket, I had it as, um, I still have it, as Chattanooga and UAB in a 12-13 matchup to go to the Sweet 16 with both those teams getting the upset. We see this every year. You know, not that Murray State is the lower seed, but a chance to beat a team you know you should beat to get to the Sweet 16 for a program where it is improbable to get to a Sweet 16. Yes. And that's what Murray State faces now with a win over St. Peter's and they're into the Sweet 16. Uh, it was a terrific day of basketball yesterday, terrific night of basketball, really, with a lot of those games. Um, we're going to give you a scoreboard update. This morning was atrocious. Uh, by NCAA tournament standards, I, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. We're always going to tell you the truth on this show. Um, I, I'm not ever going to get the two hours I just spent watching whatever the hell that was between Ohio State and Loyola ever again. That was as bad of a performance as you're going to see from a good team in the NCAA tournament that you will ever see. 
Lucas Williamson, who is a great player for Loyola, I feel awful for him. That was one of the worst cases of the yips I've ever seen from a really good player and a senior in the NCAA tournament. I feel bad for how he's going to have to look back <laughs> on that performance in that game from this tournament. That was miserable to watch. Adam Brown's got our scoreboard, so he'll give us the stat line on, on, on that one. If, if you, at one point, you said it was, he was 0 for 14 or 15 from the floor. I think, I think it was like 1 for something. We'll, we'll get the exact stats. Yeah. I, I know this. He's a 77% free throw shooter, and he was 1 for 8 from the free throw line um, at one point late in the game. And I mean, just the one time he had a, a three that rimmed out, and that's the closest he was, he was missing layups. He had two breakaway layups he missed in the game. It, it, was, it was difficult to watch. Well, the, the two finals so far, nothing that uh, near close to the games we had last night. Chad mentioned Ohio State blows out Loyola Chicago. The final score there, 54-41. to 41. Uh, The winner, uh, Ohio State, will get the winner of Villanova or Delaware, which has just tipped off. It's the fourth fewest points allowed in Ohio State's NCAA history. Uh, in the in the tournament, uh, the Buckeyes that came out of the locker room swinging, and then Loyola Chicago did nothing. I mean, two minutes left in the first half, they had 18 points. They could do nothing on the I offensive mean, it end. It was, and you kept thinking, okay, Loyola is going to give them a run at some point. You know, they're they're going to get right back in it because they had played really good defense. But you got to be thrilled. You give up 23 points at the half, and you're loyal. You're down five, right? You're thinking we're going to be ahead, but you score 18, you're still only down five. It's single digits the entire second half. It was never really a blowout into the end, but as it got going, Lucas Williamson rimmed out a three with about 10 minutes left, and that's where I thought it's not going to happen. That would have made it a six-point game. I believe they could not get anything done offensively. Uh, Sister Jean was there to watch. Uh, this is the first time in the NCAA tournament that, that Sister Jean's uh, effect Mm. Did not take effect in that game. Crazy, crazy bad performance uh, for Loyola. And yes, I'm also a little bit bitter because I had Loyola in the Sweet 16 and uh, had to sit through that. Well, try having Kentucky winning your, your bracket. Yeah, that's, that's true. That's true. And then on the other side, having Iowa in the Final Four. But what did I tell you I last night, Hutton, when, when we were you know, commiserating about our bracket, I said, screw your bracket. Uh, this is what March needs. Is an upset like <laughs> we this. We need Kentucky out of here. And you need a blue blood. You know, it's even better when it's – and not just Kentucky. Any blue blood that goes down to a 15 seed that way is spectacular for the tournament. Brandon Wright's going to join us, uh, former NBA star, and, of course, played for the UNC Tar Heels. We're going to, to chat all things tournament with him. The other final today, Auburn wins over Jacksonville State in the two versus 15. 80-61 uh, to 61 is the final. Jacksonville State tried to hit a couple threes late in the second half to get within 10, but could never get it under double digits, and Auburn turned it back on. A game of streaks for them, more of the same from the Tigers after uh, the, the halftime break, where they built a lead up to 55-33, ultimately win by 19 over Jacksonville State. They'll play the winner of USC and Miami, which is uh, just about to tip off, or it might be tipping off literally at this minute. Um, and still in progress as we go through the games that are nearing uh, conclusion, uh, Purdue and Yale uh, going back and forth, but there are a ton of Purdue fans here at 6th and Peabody today. Uh, they've been loud because there's a lot to cheer about with the Boilermakers. Uh, going to the half, the difference was free throws. 14 of 19 for Purdue, and then Yale didn't even attempt a free throw. So 
Purdue's able to attack the rim and get to the line. That's the difference in the game so far. And then Texas Tech uh, over Montana State currently 61-30. They're going to play the winner of Bama and Notre Dame, which is also a great one that tips off next hour. Do you think that the, these Purdue fans are visiting from somewhere, or is this just a big place for I don't know. Purdue fans to go? It's because packed. There, there were 10 Purdue fans waiting at 10.45 a.m. for the doors to open to get in to reserve a table uh, to watch their game here at 6th and Peabody. So I didn't realize there were so many Purdue people uh, in Nashville. Maybe they're all here for a bachelor party. I, I have no idea, but uh, it is Boilermaker heaven out in the bar area right now here at 6th and Peabody, and they're feeling good about themselves up on Yale at the half. Ohio State wins. They get the winner of Villanova-Delaware, which has just tipped off, and Delaware leads 13-8 to over the two-seed Nova uh, currently. And Nova, Nova right now is a 15-point favorite. That's what they opened as. Uh-oh. And, I mean, keep in mind, St. Peter's was an 18-and-a-half-point underdog. That is the fourth-largest betting upset since the tournament expanded to 64 teams in 85. Yeah, the fighting Joe Flacco's of Delaware uh, trying to hang in there. Still 13-8. to eight. They're just coming out of the under-12 timeout right now. We can see that game in front of us. Um, that's one that you see any lower seed to this level ahead of someone at any point in the game, and it's going to grab your attention. We'll see how long this can last, though, for Delaware. Tipping off during our show, and we'll have scores and, and updates for you, uh, at 3.15 Central, 4.15 Eastern, Alabama, Notre Dame, uh, they get either Texas Tech or Montana, Montana State. It's going to be Texas Tech. Uh, and then at 3.30 Central, Texas and Virginia Tech in a 6 versus 11, uh, that winner likely gets Purdue, which is in the second half right now against Yale. Uh, when we come back for the rest of the hour, friend of the show, Brandon Wright is here uh, our at median, Peabody. Our median height is about to rise uh, yep. at, uh, in this set. That, that's what's going to happen when Brandon Wright sits down. He's got to be thrilled. His Tar Heels put on a clinic yesterday in the opening round. Yes, um, and I had Marquette. I'm, <laughs> I'm embarrassed to announce that I thought it was all hype because everybody watched North Carolina beat Coach K in his home farewell, but it is not all hype around UNC right now. They dominated. How are, how are you on your bracket Terrible. overall? I'm 9-7. and seven. I've never had a, a worse day than I had yesterday. Yeah, I bet. But again, Hutton, I'll, I'll trade a bracket and all of that to watch a dude named Doug with a mustache bury threes to beat a blue blood in Kentucky. And that's what happened last night with St. Peter's. So uh, my bracket be damned. Be glad Edder I don't didn't care. play for Longwood. I will take St. Peter's and witnessing that win <laughs> over anything, especially when my Vols dominated Longwood and they weren't on the receiving end of that Cinderella story. A lot to come today. Bobby Carpenter joins us. Trey Wallace, Austin Price. When we come back, Brandon Wright in studio and Outkick 360. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Purdue leads Yale 53-39 with... 16.45 left in the second half. Meanwhile, it's Delaware by six over Villanova early, 17.11. Shout out to, to the entire Outkick crew. They've got to set up. We're indoors today, outside yesterday, if you missed the show. Um, and we had the TVs going outside. No 
not, not many TVs in our studio right now, but they brought them in there uh, today, this morning, got it set up so we can watch these games in real time. A lot happening with the NCAA tournament and in studio with us, Brandon Wright, former Tar Hill, well, always a Tar Hill, and uh, 12-year NBA vet, great friend of the show as well. Good to see you, man. Good to see you guys too. It's been a while. It, it has been a too while. Too long, man. Yeah. Long, man. We weren't on video the last time uh, we talked to you, so this is, uh, this is really is a little for different. all of us. Yeah, yeah. definitely different. we got to wear our shirts. Um, yeah, so, exactly. You know, yeah, exactly. And pants. Uh, well, actually, no, because we're behind a desk, so it's a big mystery. Pants here. optional. Who's, who's got pants on, who doesn't? Um, North Carolina de-pantsed Marquette yesterday yeah. in that game. Uh, you told me, Brandon, during the break that I should have given you a call to ask about that game because of the physicality of North Carolina going up against Marquette, that carried the day. Yeah, we, we beat those guys up, especially on the glass. Uh, we got after them. I mean, you know, usually, you know, when, you, when teams match up like that, it comes down to coaching. And the coaching was pretty even, in my opinion. Um, you know, Shaka's a great coach. He's done some great things in his career. But the, you know, the size, the, especially we had on the inside, you know, and, and that's a staple of North Carolina basketball. We, we dominate people on the glass. Like, if we don't dominate people on the glass, the – the hierarchy is upset. You know, that's what we do. We yeah. do crazy rebounding drills in practice. You know, this goes always back to Dean Smith. So, you know, we did the job, and, I mean, that was a huge win. I want to talk about the, the brackets and, and what's happened so far, but I want to stick with North Carolina just a little bit, Brandon. Um, Hubert Davis in year one, you know, what's the impression of him that is obviously, you know, one of the best three or four basketball jobs no in question. America. They could hire almost anyone they wanted. They go with an alum. They go with Hubert Davis, an assistant. Um, what, what did you make of the hire at the time? What are your impressions of year one? It's been tough because um, in some ways, in a lot of ways, we've underachieved. Um, you know, we lost some games early. We got beat by Tennessee pretty bad. Uh, we got beat bad by Wake Forest, which is never good. You know, we, um, but we got hot at the end. And then, you know, we kind of ruined uh, Coach K's goodbye, <laughs> yep. which took the sting for me off all the season. You know, oh, I'm uh, sure. You know, we lost, I think, eight or nine games this year. Very, very unacceptable. Um, you know, not up to our standards, but, you know, winning that game, the, the last game, and, you know, I sit there and watch. I gave, I gave ESPN the ratings. I sit there and watch that, that whole ceremony. And to see those Duke guys sit on the bench and look like that, like that, they're engraved in history. <laughs> they'll, be, they'll be that team. That did that to Coach K. I, I, well, and know? the Cameron Crazies who are you, were crying. You're talking three, oh, the, three the, first round picks. The, you know? the college girls that were in tears, the Cameron Crazies <laughs> that were in co yeah. full costume <laughs> during the game, also. I mean, that's got to be just amazing for a North Carolina Tarial. But isn't that the most Duke North Carolina outcome to happen in that rivalry? Yeah. That on this big night where they're honoring Coach K, you forget for a second the nature of the rivalry, and then North Carolina comes in and cuts their heart out in that game and wins at Cameron Indoor? Yeah, I mean, everything was going against us, you know. I think we were 11 and a half point dog. Yep. You know, this is Coach K's big, you know, hoorah. Yep. You know, great coach, great career. He's done a lot of great things. Wall-to-wall -wall um, coverage on ESPN. Yeah, and, you know, and – you got no, Leitner and all those guys yeah, no, in the white shirts yeah. with the blue K. It looked like Kentucky shirts, but it was for Coach K. Yeah, no, nobody gave us a shot, which was cool. Um, you know, our team, you know, we didn't, I guess we didn't deserve a shot, to be honest. We didn't really play well this year, but we did get hot at the end. But, you know, to, to rip their heart out like that at the end was, that was, that was satisfaction right there. How did they match up against Baylor? Uh, pretty good. Uh, it'll be a physical game. Both teams very, very athletic. Um, you know, it'll, it'll be up and down. 
you know, I'm watching a game yesterday and I hear one of the, the commentators say, yeah, you know, North Carolina is not as deep this year. They're going to slow the pace down. We're not going to slow the pace down <laughs> no matter what. You yeah, know? That, that's not happening. No, that's, not, that's not in the vocabulary. That's, that's not year. that's not in the, you know, that's not in the, the, the identity and the DNA of the program. We are trying to get shots up very, very early in the shot clock no matter what. Um, and by the way, there are times I watch North Carolina and I think that Tennessee game being one of them, they would be better served to try to slow the pace down and not take such quick shots, but yeah. it's not who they are. Yeah, it's, it's, Even it's, when things go south, they're going to keep doing it's, it. It's not going to happen. Um, you know, we want to be in the 80s and the 90s. Uh, we want to push the pace. We want to have extreme pressure. You know, we want to be tough. We want to be physical. We use our athletes. You know, we're going to get up and down. But, I, you know, it's going to be a tough game. It's going to be hard to beat Baylor, I think. They are – that this first game of the, of the day tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. It's an early game. Yeah, right yeah. out of the shoot. And yeah. so, I mean – you, you see a team that can give a one seed a run yeah. tomorrow. Yeah. There they, you go, Chad. They can do it. I well, think they and, can do it. You know, and I'm looking at that. That I feel like that early game on Saturday us. to start the second round, but I feel like that's always a good game. Yeah. They put a really good matchup in there because it, it, Sunday's the same way. I believe that has the longest window of time of being the only game on. Yeah. Like, there, there's always going to be like a halftime, but that one goes like into the second half yeah. almost before game two starts. You're right. So they like to give a premier window – uh, for that first game to get the day started. So that is uh, Turner Sports saying, we think this has a chance to be a, a classic. I mean, and the good thing about us is we always play anybody. So, you know, we, we got beat by Kentucky. We got beat by uh, Tennessee this year. You know, we got, you know, beat up bad by Duke the first time. So, you know, we won't be intimidated by who we play because we just play anybody anyway. So it'll be a good game. You know, the numbers on the seeds won't matter. Um, it's going to come down to coaching. All right, what, what did you think last night? Where uh, St. Peter's beats Kentucky in overtime. Where, I mean, it, we mentioned the first segment. It's not like Kentucky just went cold. St. Peter's had an – the Peacocks answered everything in that game. Yeah, it was yeah. nuts. I, I, I thought Kentucky had it when they took the league late. And then – Yeah, they're up eight with three minutes left. I what, think it's over. What's the point okay. guard's name with the weird kind of name? Uh, Doug Edders. Edders. Yeah, yeah. He, he just started making crazy shots. I know. It's almost like a, like a set three, you know, and um, – <laughs> I mean, he made some big shots. I take my hat, you know, tip my hat to him, but unacceptable for Kentucky to, to lose that game. Well, and the threes were one thing. Every time he pulled a three, I'm thinking, okay, this is what this guy's in there to do. Yeah. You know, he, this yeah. might go in. But that crazy shot to tie it at one point, I think, in overtime or maybe late in regulation where he drives and throws up a one-handed floater going the opposite direction and, and pirouettes it, it, the end and it hits every part of the bucket. Yeah. I'm thinking, that's where I first thought, Brandon, all right, this is the Peacock's night. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's falling for him tonight. This, this might actually happen. He yeah. outscored Kentucky's bench by himself. Yeah, you know, Kentucky guards let him down, too. You yeah. know, the big guys, they dominated the glass and the, and, the, and the paint, and those guards, they didn't shoot the ball well yesterday. And, you know, they kind of started tailing off toward the end of the year. They didn't play as well as, as uh, we've seen earlier this year. There's a lot of talk now about John Calipari and the job he's done at Kentucky or the job that he's doing. A year ago, that was their worst season he's had. Yeah. I think they're 9-16 and 16 in that, that shortened season. Terrible year by Kentucky standards. Terrible year, really, for anyone's standards. This year, I like what he did. You know, he's going a different route. Let's, let's get the four starters that are transfers, yeah. that are older guys, that are veterans. They had a really good year. It was a team, a two-seed. Everyone's picking them, you know, possibly go to the Final Four. They've got the talent. They've got the depth, all of that and they fall flat on their face in the tournament. Yeah. It really, to me, Brandon, and this is kind of the cruel nature of the NCAA tournament, it just dampens everything. You know, yeah. I don't even know what the strategy is now for Kentucky, and, you, and obviously their fans are very disappointed. Yeah, I, you know. I, 
What no, is the right strategy for we, Kentucky? We talk as alums, uh, big big school alums. Yeah. We talk about this all the time. And I'm especially where the college basketball is at now and you know, the the climbing and I'm at the you know, I'm I'm kind of at the point where go get these one and done guys. Get two or three of them. I'm talking to Dukes, North Carolinas, Kentuckys, you know, the Memphises, you know, the Arizona, the big schools that can, UCLA's, these schools that can do this. And then you just load up around them with transfers, you know, two, three year guys, and then go try to win a national championship. And you just reset those same three, four guys every year. Because that's the way you do it. Because anybody can transfer now. You can get in and get out. You know, and that's my philosophy. You know, that's what's kind of been hurting us a little bit. We kind of went away from the one and done guys. I kind of want to see those guys back in the program. I think if you can, if, you, if you're a program that has the means to go get a one and done, you absolutely recruit the one and done. But I think the most difficult part of this, Brandon, and you can speak to this with North Carolina and other big programs, even at Duke now, um, it's difficult to get the guy that's there four years. Yeah. That's a good player. Yep. I'm not talking about a guy who's your, you know, the eighth man, third, fourth guy off the bench. I'm talking about a guy who becomes a starter by a sophomore year and starts for three years and you got a core of two or three of those guys that can bring on the new guy, the one and done, get them in with the culture of the team. When you bring in a fifth-year grad transfer, yeah. they're in with the culture of the team. That nucleus, to me, is what's been missing yeah. at a place like Kentucky, mm-hmm. right? And even North Carolina to an extent. Yeah, you know, and you recruit the four-star. Let's, let's call him a, you know, a top 70 player. Really, really good player. Good player in high school. He goes to Kentucky. He goes to North Carolina. He goes to Duke. He doesn't play as much as he wants to his freshman year. He's out of there. He transfers to Vandy, and now he's a starter at Vandy. So now you have to get a new guy in, you know, and and try to, you know, get that camaraderie, and you got to coach him up, and, you know, guys are in and out. This is is the new day. I mean, it's just free agency, so you got to be – you got to (laughs) be – Got to be on your game now because it's it's tough, and I think that's why a lot of these older coaches are starting to get out of the game because they don't they don't like what's going on. Now, were you one and done or two and done at North Carolina? I was one and done. One and done. Yeah. Okay, so here's the challenge I think for that to happen. I'm going to bring up my school, Tennessee, in this because I think they're a good example of of how you can build it and have that nucleus yeah. we're talking about. Someone's got to go against the grain. Yep. Josiah Jordan James is a five star guy who wasn't a five star talent at point guard when he got there. But he's playing all these different positions. He has a bad freshman year, and he's got coaches coming after him. Hey, you can come play point guard for us. We're going to let you do what you want. But he decides to stay, right? He's injured his second year, and now he's a junior who's helping lead the team. But that's not normal. A five-star guy staying somewhere that's not getting points, not getting the minutes they want early on, to me, that's where Rick Barnes has done an amazing job, not building a team, but a program. Yeah. Because then you can get Kennedy Chandler, who's a one and done, and Kennedy Chandler looks like a senior. Yeah. Because yeah. the seniors on the team and the juniors demand that out of him when he gets there. Yeah, it's 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 tough. It's unbelievably tough. And like I said, I think that's why you know Coach Williams. I think he was kind of fed up with it. Um, you know, Coach K. A lot of these older coaches, um, you know, kind of getting out the game because of what's what's going on now. I you know, I can take my foundation and say, hey, guy, you know. You're a five-star high school recruit. You know, put on my t- team, team Brandon Wright T-shirt. I'll pay you a million dollars. Go to North Carolina. Simple as that. You know, so it's, it's tough now. You got to get those guys in and, and want to stay and, and, and build something, you know, special. If, I feel like if you can get seven guys that you can get and kind of groom them and, and keep that same core around, then you can be okay because the rest of the parts are going to be 
interchangeable in and out. If they change the rule that allows players to just go straight to the NBA. That'll help a lot. Um, it will? Yeah. And, and once they do that, what would be the price point to get a one and done? If, if you know, Team A, Blue Blood, wants Brandon Wright, and he's, you would have gone to the NBA, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, but not allowed based on the rules. Yeah, it, the rule had came in effect a year what before. What would it have cost for someone in NIL to get you to go to college instead of go to the league? I mean, I guess it's what I'm hearing is it's costing a million to two and a half million dollars basketball players. Now, football is a little bit different. They're getting a little bit less because yep. more guys. But quarterbacks are getting two million plus. I mean, quarterback is different. Five star quarterbacks so you put the, are going to get that. Yeah, it's a different the, sport. You put the five star quarterback <laughs> and the five star basketball NBA talent in the same category. Yep. And I'm, I'm thinking around, it's going to take seven figures, million to two million dollars to get these guys on campus. I know how things are done at Tennessee because we've got some intimate knowledge of that. Um, how is it done in North Carolina? Have you, example, have you been hit up by an NIL collective? Are they going after Michael Jordan to help out with? Are they going after other notable Tar Heel alums and, and trying we, to help raise money to recruit? And that's, and that's been our problem. We, we don't do it. We haven't been doing it. And, you know, we are... Getting, Which shocks me, by the way. And we are getting to the point where, all right, what are we going to do? You know, we're recruiting the top 50 guys, but we need to recruit. We need, we want or the top 10 guys to yeah. come to North Carolina. Get that's, two of the top 10. That's what we and want. And you're ready to go. You know, because, you know, that's what the alum want. We want to win games. You know, we know the reality of one and done. We know it, um, you know, kind of hurts the program a little bit in the short term. But, you know, kids, that's what they're going to do. You know, and, and they want to, they, you know, they're going to get the best deal and they're going to go to what school give them the best well, deal. Well, here's the example. Is Duke doing it? I'm assuming Duke's got some sort of NIL plan with players they're bringing I'm sure, in. I'm sure they are. They got Zion. John, Shire, John Shire's <laughs> got the best recruiting class, I think, in Duke history coming in next year. In year one for John Shire's <laughs> wow. coach. Coach K helped with that. Yeah. But, I mean, they've got four, three or four five-star guys I mean, coming what, in here from now. John I'm Shire, assuming they're getting paid something. Oh, for sure. And, you know, I think John Shire's coach, what, one game maybe when Coach K was sick? Yeah, coach like coached a half and almost lost it against Wake Forest at yeah, home. So, they 20 yeah, at halftime. You know – you know, John hadn't had, had to do much. And I, I was in the same class with John. He's a very, very smart guy, and he's going to do a great job there. But, you know, you got you to gotta rally the troops to get these guys on campus. It's, it doesn't come down to the head coach anymore. Some scores, uh, in-game scores. Uh, late second half, Texas Tech blowing out Montana State. It's 81-45 with uh, under eight to play. Purdue leads Yale 61-39 midway through the second half. And Villanova has uh, taken the lead over Delaware. It's been Delaware leading by four or five throughout the first half until uh, with about five minutes to go. It's now 27-23 Nova with 3-10 remaining first half. Finals from earlier today, Ohio State. They beat Loyola Chicago uh, 54-41. Auburn trounces Jacksonville State 80-61. And just underway, Chad, we've got USC and Miami. we got the guard play against some, some bigs of USC. Yeah, I think it's the, right one of the shortest teams in the tournament is Miami, guard heavy, and the biggest team. I know USC is the biggest team in the tournament with their starting five going head-to-head yeah, in they the did first that. round. They definitely did that on purpose. Yeah, let No me, question. <laughs> I, I want to ask about a second-round matchup as we start to kind of look at these brackets with you. Gonzaga and Memphis uh, in round number two. Oh, by the way, that's the last game. You mentioned it's a great first game. Yeah. That's the last game It's tomorrow. in Portland, right? Yeah, I know, I know it was West Coast. That game's going to be in Portland, so it's a late-night game. Um I marvel at Gonzaga and, you know, 
Mark Few staying is the only way that happens, I yeah, feel like. No question. Right? Because, no question. Uh, you know, Porter Moser, for instance, leaves Loyola. And they look, they plug right along. They get back to the tournament. You know, they're, they're in this year. But if he stays, maybe Loyola becomes Gonzaga. Yeah. You know, 15, 20 years from now. Yep. That's what's amazing about that program is the consistency. What do you think about the Gonzaga program? What do you think about this being the year? They've been close. They lost to a North Carolina team one time in the championship. Yeah. They lost a year ago in the national championship game. Is this their year? I didn't do a bracket, but I picked them to win it all this year. Yeah. Um, I think, just think it's their time. Um, I like the, the team. I like the pieces they have. They've recruited extremely well. I'm, you know, big-time guys, one-and-done guys. And, you know, Mark Few has been you – know, he's, the, the, he's the poster boy of how you evolve over time. You guys remember how his program started. They were the yep. Darling, the Cinderella. They were, you know – a 10, 11 seed. Then they started creeping their way up into the, you know, 8, 9. And then they were a 5 seed. And sometimes get upset by a 12 seed. Now they're a 2, 3, a 1 basically every year. And, you know, I like the team. I like what they do. Yeah, a little sluggish yesterday. I just think they're at the point now where, like, all right, we, we know we have a talented team. Um, and we're going to win this thing. You know, they came out a little slow yesterday. But I think they know it's a stake this year. Well, Brandon, it's amazing, too, because, you know, they get Chet Holmgren, who could have gone anywhere. Yep. Jalen Suggs a year ago could have gone anywhere. I look at every five-star guy now, and I'm shocked if they don't have Gonzaga in their top yeah. five. Uh, Paolo Bencaro goes to Duke, but Gonzaga was runner-up yeah. uh, yeah. for him, and I think he's from Seattle yep. also. But I look at that program and think it's amazing that I'm saying this about Gonzaga, but why wouldn't you put Mark Few and Gonzaga on your list if you're trying to get to the NBA? I mean, it's perfect because – and, you know, they, they, they do similar things in North Carolina as far as scheduling. They will play anyone, anywhere. Yeah. And I love that. Well, because they know their league's going to be weak. Yeah, they know the league's going to be weak, but they also have to – that's how they started marketing and to get these big guys into the program. Hey, we're going to go play Arizona, North Carolina, USC, USC, UCLA, Baylor, and Tennessee in the preseason. And they're all going to be national TV games. We're going to go out and go 18-2 and two in our conference probably, and we're going to be a top three seed every year. And you have a chance to win a national championship. And you get great coaching. And the biggest beneficiary of that in their conference is St. Mary's, yep. who's a five seed now because yeah. they're in Gonzaga's conference and they're a team that beat them and they blow out uh, Indiana last yeah. night. So yeah. that's a great example of the rising tide yeah. for that conference. Who's a team right now, Brandon, that we're not talking enough about in this tournament? Uh, Maybe they haven't even tipped off yet. Personally, I like Texas just because they have a lot of different pieces and they've been up, up and down this year. Um, as far as, you know, play on the court. But they do have a lot of talent. And I like what the coaches are doing down there. And I think they have a chance to be a, a dominant program in the next 10 years. They very, have not, very dominant. They have not advanced out of the first round since 2014. Yeah, That's yeah. crazy. That's going to yeah. change with Chris Beard. Yeah. Uh, we're seeing the Texas Tech effect with yeah. Beard and Mark Adams, who took over for him, dominating Montana State today. But they, they didn't, they didn't miss a beat. And by the way, Mark Adams was the defensive coordinator for Chris Beard, and they just elevated him. Yep. And you see how that has not changed one yep. bit. And that's why with I like Texas Tech this year. That's why I like Texas because they defend they've got the same very, system. very well. Yeah, they've got um, the same exact. And system. they recruit at a high level, and they're going to get great athletes and tall guys, long, athletic. They can do a lot of different things, and they can make the game really, really tough on teams. It's a tough draw though, because Tennessee started the tournament the way they left off in Tampa. Yeah, yep. Virginia Tech is the draw for Texas out of the shoot. Yeah, they, 
Virginia Tech, they took us down in the tournament. They they put it on North Carolina <laughs> in the semi. You know, it, and then put it on Duke in the last 10 minutes. That'll be an ugly game, to be honest. It probably won't be good on the eyes watch, to watch on TV. But, Typical uh, for today so far. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, you know, it's it, all right in line. Virginia Tech will win that game because they're very high right now. They, go, they could take that game. But I like Texas to, to squeak it out. That, that game tips at 3.30 Central Time. Uh, that's right after Alabama-Notre Dame. is the final game of the afternoon slate before we get to the evening tip-offs. Uh, the first game this evening, Illinois and Chattanooga. We'll continue to go through the schedule a bit with Brandon Wright in studio with Something us. Something, Brandon, I want you to think about during the break that I want to ask you about. Uh, former NBA stars turned college head coaches. Yeah. And is there a consistent theme with those teams? And I'm talking Michigan. I'm talking Memphis. I'm talking Vanderbilt. We're here in Nashville with Jerry Stackhouse. Another Tar Heel. So as a former NBA guy, I want you to think about those programs and what that means. Talking NCAA tournament with Brandon Wright on OutKick 360. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. NCAA tournament and now some big NFL news that we will get into in full depth in 13 minutes. Deshaun Watson, this is per Adam Schefter. Deshaun Watson has decided he does, in fact, want to play for the Cleveland Browns in a stunning change of events. Watson has informed the Texans he's now willing to waive the no-trade clause and be dealt to Cleveland. Is that real? That's real. That's the real Adam (laughs) Schefter. Yes. And uh, Uh, Pelissero's now reporting this. Ian Rappaport as well. The Texans do not want Baker Mayfield, though, right? Isn't that part that's, of the equation? That that's John what McClain John McClain about? told us. Ooh, that, that's going to be a tricky one. Yeah, we'll, we'll definitely talk about that one. So these ex-NBA stars, Brandon, that are now head coaches, Juwan Howard, Michigan will play Tennessee tomorrow, uh, Penny Hardaway, Memphis has Gonzaga in, in round two, Jerry Stackhouse mm-hmm. at Vanderbilt. Do you see a consistent theme with their coaching style and with their teams when you watch those teams play? I do. And... I think the biggest thing for these programs now, and I, this is the reason why I think it's going to work moving forward, is because in the NBA, and um, everyone knows this, there's a lot of change in short amount of short period of times. And that's what's happened in college basketball mm-hmm. now. The rosters are being switched up so much. You know, like I say, it's college football, basketball, all these sports. It's true free agency. So I think these programs are starting to want to bring these guys in that are used to dealing with that stuff. And, you know, coaching is not the number one thing anymore. You know, the number one thing is a coach that can handle the media, obviously, and deal with change. And, you know, let's see what can we can do on the court. Can we win some games with it? That's the hot ticket right now. Well, and so it's does, like an NBA coach. It yeah. does, does it matter yeah. where you – I mean, obviously the job you're in matters a lot. Yeah. But, you know, Penny Hardaway at Memphis – has a lot bigger appeal than Penny Hardaway anywhere else yeah. in that yeah. city, right? Juwan Howard, member of the Fab Five, big appeal at, at Michigan. Jerry Stackhouse is a North Carolina guy that's yeah. coaching at Vanderbilt. Um, we've seen a different level of success you know, with yeah. him yeah. compared to those, those other guys right now, especially in recruiting compared to Penny Hardaway. So how big of a part of it is, is that with these guys? I think it's just the program's level. 
um, at the time. And I, you know, I think it'll continue to change. And I know, I think I'm, I can, I know 50 guys right now that are high school um, NBA coaches that are, you know, chomping at the bit to get in college basketball because they see what's going on and they see the trend and they see, you know, how evolving it is and how their relationships with these players that they probably already had for a long time, you know, can sway these kids to come to school. You know, you're only going to come here for a year. And if you don't like it, you can leave, you know. And that's, that's kind of the mentality. That's kind of the professional mentality that's swinging in the college. That, you know, it's not the, it's not the same basketball we, we watched growing yeah. up. Not at all. Yeah, no doubt about it. What do you think about this Tennessee team? Dominated yesterday against yep. Longwood. Different for a Rick Barnes team in that it's very guard dominated. Yeah. No, I, I like this team a lot. Um, I like Kennedy Chandler a lot. I've been, I've been watching him since he was a freshman in high school. So, you know, I, I Tennessee's know. Tennessee's been recruiting him since he was in eighth grade. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't, so, I don't yeah. blame him. Um, you know, the, the, t- the team looks strong. And, and, you know, it's one of these years also. Um, you got a couple dominant teams, but I think Tennessee is right there in that second group that can jump up and win a national title. You know, can they get over the hump of the, the Rick Barnes curse, as people say? Yeah. You know, can, they, can, can he win the big game when it counts? Because he's had a lot of talent in Texas also, you know, Providence, you know, his, 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 his current stops. But this is a team right here, right now, that's playing very, very well. You know, they're hot at the right time. They're dominating. You know, they play great defense. Um, you know, if they're making shots, they're almost impossible to beat. You said a couple of dominant teams, and then Tennessee's in the next group. Gonzaga, you have winning it all, so that's one of them. I like Arizona also. Arizona, do you put Kansas in that group? I put Kansas right there, but I put them a notch below those two teams. Okay. Yeah, Kansas is always going to be there. So you think Zag, Zona, slight drop off than everyone else? Yeah. yeah. Kansas, Tennessee in that group. Um, I like Purdue because I like Ivy. I think he's a uh, and Purdue's, top. Purdue's rolling right he's now. A, he's a the, top three pick. Um, if Duke can do anything as far as get their morale back going, they can probably get rolling. Um, I don't know what's going on on the inside right now. I know it's a lot of pressure on those players to uh, end this thing right for Coach K. I think anything less than a Final Four appearance for them is a complete bust. Well, Duke, it's not unlike a lot of talented teams. When they're on, they can't be beat. Yeah. You know, when they're playing no, you're, well you're offensively. Correct. You are correct. Yeah. They don't have a counterpunch. No. When they get hit or someone does something different to them, there's no second gear that yeah. they could put it into to do something. That, that's the problem I've seen with them all year. And you saw that in the North Carolina game yeah. where they I, lost. They had, they had no response. And, you know, they got those – you know, they, they had that big three. Um, you know, and those guys are super talented. They are going to be <laughs> lottery picks. But they're already playing like they're in the NBA kind of. You know, they kind of treating it like, all right, you know, we're getting down in this game. We know we got to play four more games this week. So, uh, let's go ahead and, you know, let's get to the next game. Um, you know, you know that doesn't work in college. I mean, look in Kentucky, you know, one and done. This, this is not a seven-game series. So they got to find the juice. They got to find a way to get rolling. Um, but, you know, if they do get hot, I mean, nobody can beat them if, they, if, if they're rolling. Uh, one, one final score, just updating the brackets for everyone. If, if you picked the higher seed today, you're thrilled um, with the morning results and, and early afternoon. Texas Tech just finished uh, trouncing uh, in, in their games. They're, they're advancing – and uh, the final score there against Montana State is 97-62. They will get Bama or Notre Dame uh, coming up. So that, and that they're about to tip off in about 25 minutes. Tech shot at 70% from the floor today. Well, 60% that, from three. That's not the score you expect with Texas Tech and their defensive-minded team. They're scoring 97 points in a game. Great start for them. That was great. I mean, that, you know, people sometimes they don't understand that. That's what can happen when you get these, uh, these power five teams running up against these, these mid-majors. 
if you know if the coaching is even and the the power five team is on like physically mentally emotionally they can just run these teams over because they just don't have a enough to to compete you know man for man back and forth usc and miami right now it's a one-point advantage for the hurricanes it's 15 14 uh again early first half villanova leads by 10 over delaware and updating Purdue, which is coasting right now in the second half, 74-48, the, uh, the score against Yale, three over 14. Brandon, what are you up to these days? A uh, whole lot of stuff. Um, <laughs> <laughs> He's like, what do I want to yeah, tell these guys? It's a lot. No, I, it, it's a lot. I, I actually am working on a couple businesses that I, you know, I can't really talk about because legal stuff right <laughs> okay, now. I'll, get, I'll, I'll come back. I can on tell a, that's where this is going. I'll come, back, like, I'll come back on the show. And He's funneling right, players to North Carolina. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Working on a big recruit, got a big fish on the line. I'm trying to. No, yeah. but you know, just just hanging with the girls. You know, we big into tennis. Um, you know, my seven year old has been going about 18 months now. And oh wow, my twins just turned five, so they'll be rolling in. And how next... tall are they expected to be? Uh, you're six eleven. <laughs> you're seven feet. I'm I'm six ten. You're six ten. So I I think my oldest will be she'll be around six one ish, and. The twins are not quite as tall as her yet, as at, at the same age. Mm-hmm. Um, but they all they'll all be taller than my wife. My wife is about five nine, so five go. nine and a half. They'll be so, tall. Yeah, they'll be tall. No Good doubt. to see you, man. Great, seeing appreciate you. it. Thank you, guys. Love having you in studio. Brandon yeah. Wright has been our guest. Uh, we'll be sure to uh, retweet his foundation and everything going on in the background. And who knows, maybe we've got the we've got the businesses lined up as yeah. well. Hey, yeah. Deshaun Watson. He decided he wants to be traded to the Cleveland Browns. Details on that as we lead off hour number two next on Outkick 360.